0: are you interested in free theological training our flagship sponsor midwestern seminary offers free theological training through their for the church institute this semester they launched three new classes new testament one and new testament two with dr patrick schreiner and missional leadership with dr charles smith both have been guests of the show These classes, along with others, they offer the story of everything with Jared Wilson, the Trinity with Dr. Matthew Barrett, and more are all free and accessible to you, your community group, or your church to complete at your own pace. You can learn more and sign up to begin at mbts.edu slash knowingfaith. Again, that's mbts.edu slash knowingfaith for some free theological training from Midwestern Seminary. Go check it out. Welcome to After the Fact, a Knowing Faith mini-episode where we look to take a big question and address it in just a few minutes. Our After the Fact episodes this season are brought to you by our season sponsor, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I love Midwestern's motto, For the Church. That resonates so deeply with the goal of knowing faith, to see a theological movement that is from and for the church. Joining us today is Dr. Jared Bumpers. Dr. Bumpers is the Assistant Professor of Preaching and Evangelism at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where he is also the Faculty Coordinator for the For the Church cohorts there. Jared, welcome to After the Fact. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Oh, man, this is a round two for you on these episodes, isn't it? We've had you on before,
1: I think. <laughs> That's right. It was, it was a great time last time, and happy to be back.
0: Yeah, well, we're excited. So here you go. Here's just a real small question for you. We'll see how happy you are after I ask the question. <laughs> is God sending Israel? Into Canaan with an evangelism strategy, and and I ask you, our listeners know we're going through Exodus. You've done your doctoral doctoral work in preaching and evangelism. That's what you're doing at Midwestern. When we read the story of Exodus, as we see them heading post Exodus Israel heading out to Canaan, is he sending them there? With an evangelism strategy, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, you started with an easy question. I appreciate <laughs> you uh, throwing me something light, something light today. <laughs> yeah, I think if if you zoom back, you guys are like you said, you're in Exodus, and uh, man, such a glorious book. If you go back to Genesis and God. God choosing and calling Abraham in Genesis 12, one of the things we know at the beginning is that God is choosing Abraham, not just for the sake of Abraham, but to be a blessing to the nations. You know, Genesis 12, one through three, you know, get up, go to the land, that I'll show you. You know, I'll make your name great. I'll bless those that, right. that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. Right. And then that last line, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So God chooses Abraham to be a blessing to the nations. And as as the narrative of scripture unfolds, you see uh, Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob, then his 12 sons, they go down into Egypt. God brings them out and he he gets ready to deliver that promise to bring them to uh, a a land that he's going to give them. And so uh, some Old Testament scholars talk about the promise of of land and seed, or Stephen Dempster talks about dominion and dynasty. And so God is going to keep his promise to Abraham by bringing him into that land, but he's bringing them there to all be a blessing to the nations. And so as I think about them entering the land, it does it does get messy. So, so there is some warfare as the, the narrative unfolds. But I also think if you're if you're reading carefully and noting other passages, you'll see that if the people that, that are in the land respond to Yahweh that he will uh, embrace them as his covenant people. And so uh, let me let me back up and say two, th- two ways if you talk about evangelism strategy, two ways that I think, uh, Yahweh is drawing the nations to himself, even as they enter the land. And there's some examples of, of people who become part of the covenant people of God by recognizing and responding to Yahweh in, in faith and worship. So uh, the two ways, one, I would say is God's presence. You're, you're in Exodus. You see that in Exodus yeah. that God is with his people and be- beautiful, promise uh, that God is present with his people. And, uh, you know, the, the, the passage in, in, uh, I think it's Exodus 32 and Exodus 33, where, uh, Moses says, I don't want to go unless you go with me. And so God is with his people. And the the Israelites, as they enter the land, you know, they're they're there. God is with them. And so the presence of God and really the power of God uh, that, that is among the people of Israel is meant to draw the Canaanites, the pagans there, the idolaters to see that Yahweh is God. And so Rahab actually recognizes, hey, we've heard of you. We've heard what your God is doing. And she responds in faith, helps the spies, and ultimately becomes part of the covenant people of God. And so the presence of God is one component there. And then I think the other thing I would say is the people of God, they're called to live distinct lives. As you read Exodus and you you get further into Leviticus and uh, Deuteronomy, those passages that talk about the the. The, the laws of God and the way God's people are supposed to be distinct, and some of them are weird. You know, you read the Old Testament, and there are passages. You know, don't boil a kid in its, you know, mother's milk. You're know, like, okay, well, you know, what, what's going on here? Uh, some of those, some of those are odd, but those laws are meant to distinguish them to set them apart from the nations that are around them. And so as Israel enters into the Canaan land, I think the presence of God with his people and the distinctness of God's people is supposed to be a testimony to those nations that Yahweh is God, that the idols that they're worshiping are false, and they should come to Yahweh in faith. And there are other passages that that, that indicate that the people of God, if the Canaanites come to them and they surrender and they acknowledge God that that God will spare those people. And so the Gibeonites come to Joshua and of course there's some deception there in that narrative I won't unpack all of that. But at the end of the day, the Gibeonites are spared because they recognize that they have they have no hope that Yahweh will absolutely annihilate them uh, unless they come and right. they plead for mercy. And so I think of i think of rahab i think of the Gibeonites. i think of ruth which takes place is in you know uh, in the time period of the judges mm-hmm. and so at the beginning of judges they're still working on driving the the canaanites out and yet ruth becomes part of the covenant people of god right. that you know famous confession your people will be my people your god will be my god And so you have examples, even during this time period of non-Israelites becoming part of the covenant people of God. And so even later on, uh, Isaiah 49, 6, where, you know, God says, is it it a small thing that I've chosen you? I'll raise you up for you to be a light to the nations. You have the the story of Jonah, the rebellious prophet who doesn't want to go to the Assyrians. Why? Because he knows that God has a heart for the nations, you know, at the end of Jonah 4, you know, God, I, this is why I didn't want to go. I knew that you were a God who's gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. And so Jonah, this Israelite prophet, knows that God forgives sinners, even pagan sinners who come to him in faith. So a lot, a lot of stuff there, trying to squeeze it in a short amount of time. But I'd say that's, that's my best shot is the presence of God and the people of God are meant to be a testimony. And as the people are being driven out, if they will come to Yahweh in faith, he will accept them into his covenant people.
0: Man, I think that is so helpful because I think for a lot of people, Christians, as they're reading through the Old Testament coming out of the Pentateuch, you know, if they can get through the story of Exodus and they get through the rest of the law, their uh, back half of Exodus through the end of Deuteronomy, then they turn to Joshua and Judges and it's like, whoa, hold on a second here. Like, uh what is what's going on here and i de- I think what you're saying is really crucial for, for listeners to to come to not just an appreciation of the old testament but a specifically a missiological appreciation for what's happening that god is sending them in there marked by his presence to live as a distinct people in a way that does call the nation's attention to the character of yahweh even if it doesn't look and it does look different i think to be honest it does yeah. look different than the new testament mission does right i mean is it fair for people
1: yeah. to feel yeah. like okay, there is a little bit of tactical strategic difference here. Yeah, I think that's fair and, and uh even if you look at yeah you just look at God's God's working in time and, and space and history it's not always, idea. he's always faithful, his character never changes, right. uh, but but the way that he reveals himself or the way that he deploys his people on his mission differs from time to time. even think of the ministry of Jesus. There, there are times in our church, I'm, I'm a pastor here in the area as well, and we're preaching the gospel of Mark, and there are times in Mark's gospel where he's clearly doing messianic things and yet telling his people, hey, don't don't go tell people that, that, that I'm the Messiah. Don't tell them that I've done this. And then there are other times where he says, hey, go, go and tell. And so, yeah, I think I think it's fair to say if you look at the Old Testament and in the New Testament and the mission of God, the people of God post-resurrection mm-hmm. are, are much more explicitly called to be focused on making disciples of all the nations than, than uh, what you see in the Old Testament. And yet that doesn't mean that God God doesn't care about the nations That's right. in the Old Testament. That's right. Yep.
0: That's right. Dr. Bumpers, thank you for making time to join us again.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, man. After the
0: fact is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Are you ready to take your next step in theological training? Consider Midwestern Seminary and how their for the church vision can equip you through formal theological education. Learn more about how to get started at mbts.edu. That's mbts.edu slash knowingfaith. Did this episode spark an interest to learn more about Jesus, the Bible, or just theology in general? You can receive free theological training through Midwestern Seminaries for the Church Institute, where you can learn more about the Old and New Testament, Christian theology, preaching, leadership, and more, even at your own pace. Learn more and get started today at ftcinstitute.com. Again, that's ftcinstitute.com for free training on Old and New Testament, Christian theology, preaching, and leadership. Go and check out these incredible resources from our season sponsor.